This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. Support for MPB comes from Trustmark, a financial partner for businesses throughout the South for 130 years. Trustmark offers a range of products and services designed to help small businesses efficiently manage finances. More info at Trustmark.com, member FDIC. From MPB Think Radio, this is Money Talks. Kevin Farrell here with Dr. Nancy Lottridge-Anderson, President of New Perspectives, and Ryder Taff, Portfolio Manager at New Perspectives. Nancy and Ryder are both chartered financial analysts, and Ryder also holds the Certificate in Investment Performance Measurement from the CFA Institute. It's important to know what you want to accomplish with your investments before you actually invest. So today we'll help you learn how to set financial goals. And if you have a specific personal finance question, we're ready to help with that as well. So you can give us a call. The number is one eight seven seven mpb ring It's one 672 7464 or email the show. Send it to money at mpbonline.org. I'd like to say thanks to everyone who made contributions during our brief fund Razor last week. Uh, our webpage always has an opportunity for you to support MPB Think Radio. So go to mpbonline.org and look for the support button near the top of the page. But again, big thanks uh, to folks who uh, sent some of their hard-earned money to us to help us continue to do what we do here at MPB Think Radio. So good morning. Hope that you're both doing well this morning. Good morning. Good morning, Kevin. A quick story before we jump into the financial news. It's, uh, you know, uh, slogans for products are always interesting. Well, I ran across one of the most bizarre slogans I think I've ever seen. So uh, my brand of tennis racket is Vocal. It's a German company. And so I wanted to uh, match my tennis bag with my equipment because, you know, I'm very artificial like mm, that. Got to yeah, look good. Absolutely. You know. Okay. Uh, and how's your game? Uh, it's getting getting better. Getting okay. better. <laughs> uh, but uh, the slogan for Vocal tennis bags is, please don't eat our bags. And I'm like, hmm. I'm trying to figure that out. If vocal hmm. doesn't sound like any kind of um, American food. It, uh, it doesn't mean that in German. And it was, like I said, it's just, and it was funny because I Have you investigated this to well, find I, out? Well, I tried to uh, Google, please don't eat our bags, and it, it didn't come Maybe up. Maybe what they're saying is our bags are not real leather. That they are uh, conscious of that, okay. and they're they're, they're so they're, yeah they're eco friendly. How about that? You oh. know, it would make sense if, <laughs> if if more brands had. Please don't eat our whatever. You know, like Tide Pods. Please don't eat our laundry detergent. Except toddlers can't read. You know, cars. Please don't eat the Toyota Camry. You know, if it was just a more broad generic thing that we talked about, lots of products. This yes. microphone. Please don't eat the microphone. <laughs> So anyway, if anyone out there happens to know why Vocal chose that as their slogan, I would I'd be interested in that. <laughs> please, so. please do call in. And I did only get a three racket. The one, the funny thing to me about it, you play league tennis and someone comes in like with a twelve racket bag, and you're thinking to yourself, oh, "Come on now, really?" And it's there like a twelve course meal. <laughs> there I am with my grip that's like ten years old and falling apart in my hand. Put some electric tape on; it'll be fine. Yeah. <laughs> okay. How about some financial news in the news? Well, we did get jobs numbers last week, and those are really important. I wrote a blog post uh, about that. You can find our blog at uh, newper.blogspot.com. And I think Liz then posted the link on MPB's site as well, Mm -hmm. just to not just look at the top line number, but look at all of the data that we collect on jobs. And then you dig down into that to see, you know, what does that tell us about the economy? And my conclusion is that, you know, we're kind of slowing at this point. It's not uh, drastic. So, 
uh, but we are seeing a slowdown. Um, are housing industry data used uh, for a barometer of the economy as well? And if so, oh, how absolutely. come? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. We use literally anything as a barometer for the economy these days. But some things we pay more attention to than others. So housing is a big thing because housing drives a lot of stuff. Think mm-hmm. about when you buy a house, you know, then, you know, oh, well, now we need it's new appliances huge, huge and furniture and a lawnmower. And, um, and it also tells us something about the health and the formation of families. And we look at uh, first-time purchases of homes, mm-hmm. um, new homes, construction of new homes. When we look at those permits, that tells us how many homes will be available in the future and how confident those mm-hmm. folks are to build. All of that uh, gives us information. And we have seen some slowdowns there, even though we saw a little perk up just because interest rates were declining. All right. So today we're going to be talking about setting financial goals. If you have a question about that, or maybe you have a success story where you've reached some of your financial goals and you would like to share how you got there, we'd certainly love to hear that story. Or if you have a personal finance question that you need help with, you can give us a call today. Our phone lines are open and the number is one eight seven seven mpb ring It's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. You can email the show. Send it to money at mpbonline.org. Um, Kevin, we had a goal this weekend, and the goal was to stay cool because uh-huh. our air conditioner broke down. We were kind of expecting it, um, and so this relates to goals because we were expecting it. It was not panic, and we just the only panic was we've got to wait till Monday before the guys can come and replace it. And the other thing that happened is because we were prepared for this event, we could say to them, hey, will you give us a discount if we write you a check versus if we give you our credit card? Uh-huh. And we got $250 off. Wow. Yeah. That's good. Very good. So uh, is a financial goal just I'm going to save X amount of money for a particular reason? Is that a, a simple definition? It could be. It could be. Yeah, I I think that usually helps. A goal, usually you want to have a timeline and maybe kind of a dollar amount. Not necessarily, you know, strictly priced in dollars, but maybe it's, you know, in relation to your salary or something like that. You know, especially when people, for short-term goals, when you're talking about, you know, paying for your new air conditioner, a lot of times that would be folks just paying for that out of their savings, out of their emergency savings. Like, oh, I always have a, you know, a couple thousand dollars set aside if something goes wrong with the house. Um, So that's not necessarily, I need to have exactly $3,462, but maybe it's, you know, um, I'll have two, you know, two months of my salary in there just for house expenses, just, just in case. Um, And that's, and that's what we call a short term goal. You know, it's just, you kind of always have that. You always want it close. You always want that in cash. And I think that's even more important now, as we look at the economic data and we think, well, things may Mm -hmm. be slowing down. Um, Maybe your job is still secure but maybe you're not going to be getting those raises, Mm -hmm. uh, those kinds of things. So you need to be prepared for that. Uh, by the way, uh, the, we are following the suggestions of FINRA, the Financial Industry Regulatory Authority, in talking about financial goals this morning. Um, so you two, as uh, investment professionals, um, uh, money advisors, if someone came to you, can you help them, first of all, I guess, kind of think about what their financial goals oh, are? yeah, that's the first thing you need to do. Absolutely. And so you talk to them about, well, what are the things you want to do in one to three years? 
uh, then usually it's somewhere in the three to ten year range. And then after that, we think of that as long term. And so we like to break those down because, you know, we're not saving and investing just to accumulate a pile of money. Most people are not. Mm-hmm. You're doing it for a reason. There's something, some goal that you have out there. And so it's really important to see the the time frame that we're dealing with. And, and each of those, those short kind of medium and long term goals, you, you approach them all differently and they have different levels of urgency and and things like that. Like if you if Nancy, if you need to replace your air conditioner this weekend, then that's going to, you know, take precedence over something that's like ambiguous and way in the future. It's like, oh, I know I've got a big trip coming up in the next couple of years, you know, but or, or even <laughs> retirement has to sit on hold for we need to be cool in this heat. Um, and can you have short-term, long-term, medium-term goals all going at the same time? Oh, oh man, you can have as many goals as you want to, Kevin. <laughs> you can you can have that upgraded twelve racket bag <laughs> on your on your wish list, absolutely. And everybody, which brings up everybody, has different goals mm-hmm. and different things that are important to them. Uh, what's really important as a couple who are saving together, a family saving together, you need to be in, on the same page about those goals. Yeah. What is it that you want to do, and what's the time frame and how how do you get from here to there? And, and that framing of kind of what's important to you, um, that's a good one. Because we also like to talk to talk to folks about, you know, what are their money values? Like what what do they want their money to do? Not, not you know, what's a specific thing you want to spend money on? But, you know, do you like that uh, your money just gives you a sense of security? Um, you know, because you are going to treat your money and you're going to have different goals from someone who's like, I like my money because it lets me do fun things. Um, and so we're going to develop a different plan plan for them that's going to match the sort of way they approach money, the way they value money. All right. I think it's time for our first break. Uh, We are talking about setting financial goals. What sort of questions do you have for us this morning? We're also looking for your personal finance questions. The number to call, it's 1-877-MPB-RING. It's 1-877-672-7464. You can email the show. Send it to money at mpbonline.org. Where can you accumulate money to put towards your financial goals? We'll tell you a little bit about that when we get back from this break. You're listening to Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. To Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. Welcome back to Money Talks. If you ever miss part of the show, you can go to moneytalks.mpbonline.org to listen again. Also, if you have the MPB Public Media app downloaded, you get to listen to all the shows on MPB Think Radio on your schedule, on your iPhone or Android phone. And don't forget about listening on your smart speaker. A quick note here. Last night, my smart speaker, it was in the other room. It started saying something, and I was watching the football game, and I didn't grab the remote in time, so I didn't hear what it said. 
and I was trying, tell me that again. What did you just say? I'm sorry. I don't know. You know, so there might have been some important information that uh, Alexa was trying to impart like to me. Like a tornado warning <laughs> or something? <laughs> what, a, what a weird roommate you have. That is yes. odd. Although, you know, I've renamed the one that's in that part of the house Amazon, and so maybe it heard Amazon on the TV or something, because a lot of times... This is getting creepy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm not... <laughs> no, I don't think we have fans of smart speakers here in the mm-hmm. room. So No, sir. Uh, they're, they're fun to have. I mean, I don't really use mine a lot, but they're cheap. So. Yeah, I use them for uh, just for music. Yeah. Typically. When, I, when I, I want to talk directly to Jeff Bezos, that's when I use mine. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Jeff, how's the weather? <laughs> All right. I'm Kevin Farrell here with Dr. Nancy Lotter-Janderson, president of New Perspectives and Ryder Taft, portfolio manager at New Perspectives. Uh, by the way, uh, we talked about where you can accumulate your uh, money on the August 20th broadcast of Money Talks. We called it Save Cash to Invest. You can listen back to that show to get some ideas on where to accumulate cash to invest for your financial goals, which is what we're talking about today. And again, uh, you can go to mpbonline.org and find it that way. Or also, if you subscribe, you can listen to Money Talks uh, on a podcast using your favorite podcasting app. So um, let's uh, talk about setting financial goals. That's our topic for today. So what's the short and easy answer on how to set financial goals? Well, you just need to think about what you want to do. And um, uh, most of the time, we're very aware of our short-term goals. Oh, I'm going to have to buy a new car. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, The roof needs to be replaced. Mm -hmm. So most of the time, when we sit down with our clients, very quickly, those short-term goals start popping up. Or I I have a trip I want to take. These are things that are going to be happening again within, you know, one to three years. Um, Most of the time, it's within in a year, somebody's calling us saying, hey, I, I've got this car I've got to purchase. And so you have to be prepared for that and make sure you have enough saved or you have some sort of financing plan if you're going to finance a car. But that the short term, that's the easy part. Yeah. Uh, short term goals are often just, you know, what are the big checks you're going to be writing in the next year or so? Um, but but like we said earlier, you know, goals have, you know, kind of a, a timeline, you know, kind of when, if not, if not a specific day, you know, we know I know I need to get the roof fixed, you know, before next spring or I know I need to get a new refrigerator probably in the next year. Um, so they have a sort of timeline and then they have an amount, you know, so you, you have a dollar amount and you have a kind of a rough idea. It's like, oh, I'm going to need to replace this car in a couple of years, you know, just kind of thinking ahead. And that's going to be a couple thousand or this, that or the other. Um, so so a, th- a thing that has a price and you kind of have an idea of when that is. Those are the kind of two important elements to what that goal is. Now, often what we do is um, then our role is to prompt people to think about longer term goals. Mm-hmm. And because, you know, we're human beings, we're just worried about what's happening right, right now. And um, so we're talking to them if they have children. Um, what about college savings plans? And are you preparing for their education? And then of course, with everybody we sit down these days, we're talking to them about retirement. And when we talk about retirement, which is, of course, that very long-term goal, um, if you're dealing with somebody who's writer's age, not so much with my <laughs> age, right, and with yours, um, that we're looking at uh, what are the investments that you need, how much are you saving, what are your employer plans that are available to you now, and are you using them wisely? 
All right, we'll continue our discussion on setting financial goals throughout this hour, but we have a question, a caller on the line, that is. And so we invite Reed in from Cleveland. Good morning, Reed. You're on the air with us, so go ahead, please. Hey there. Hey there. This is Reed from Cleveland. Good morning. Hey, I'm six- hey thanks for taking my call. Sure. I'm six- 65 years old, entering retirement. Um, and with, with interest rates on bank deposits at a really low uh, return, can you give recommendations on developing, say, um, uh, a dividend-paying uh, um, uh, approach from a, an individual retirement account to try to achieve, say, a five to six percent yield on on uh, your investments? Um, so one thing going on here, um, a 5% yield. So often folks will look at, you know, hey, I, I, I want to get paid, you know, 5% interest. I want to get a 5% dividend. Um, I would encourage folks to look at more of a total return approach. Um, yes, that cash payment of a dividend is part of your return, but also just the increasing value, increasing price of things. Um, like you said, interest rates are super low, so it's going to be hard. You know, if your bank is paying you, you know, 0.1%, it's going to be hard to find things that are just hugely, hugely um, bigger without a whole a whole lot of um, a whole lot of red flags or, or, or catches there. Right. If you're looking for a 5% or 6% dividend yield, you're going to be moving to mostly utility stocks or a real estate investment trust. Mm-hmm. And both of those things and, are very expensive. Exposed in a business cycle if we're going into recession. And um, so that means you may be getting the yield you want, but sacrificing the value of the stocks that you own. And and even those, uh, again, because interest rates have come down, you know, they don't just come down in one part of the economy or one part of the investment world and not in the rest of them. All interest rates have, have been pulling down and down and down. Um, granted, they've come up a little bit in the past few years, but even real estate investment trusts, even utilities, I mean, those are, you know, sometimes just going to be the 3 to 4 to 5% range these days. Yes, there are things that pay 6% uh, dividend yields. I've seen things that pay 10%, and most of them I wouldn't, I wouldn't uh, consider investing after just a, a brief look at them. Um, so, so don't think of it just as a yield. Instead, kind of target that sort of return. And for, you know, 5 to 6% return, that's fairly modest. I mean, you're looking at a fairly conservative, conservatively invested account. Um, I don't know, you know who you're working with or where your uh, accounts are, but there are uh, plenty of fund companies, um, plenty of advisors who could who could direct you to you know a mix of stocks and bonds. Um, that you know the bonds are going to be a good stable anchor, and yes, they're only paying maybe two to three percent uh, interest right now. Um, but the stocks are going to offer you that long term growth. And like you said, you know you've um, you're sixty five. You're you're at the you're only at the very beginning of your retirement. Remember, this money has to last you. A long time. Um, you know, at 65, your life expectancy is, what, another 20 or 25 years at least? Um Open so, so I, yeah, and that's that's at least um, so. And research generally shows if you're if you're someone who is, you know, financially stable, you've done your retirement planning, you're probably someone who is uh, actually going to live a good bit longer. 
Well, thank you for your advice and recommendations this morning. Good luck. Thanks for the call, Reed. We've got some open phone lines. If you'd like uh, to ask a question about your personal finance or if you have a question related to setting financial goals, or as I mentioned earlier on the show, if you have met some financial goals and want to share your success story, we'd love to hear that. So give us a call. The number is 1-877-MPB-RING. It's 1-877-672-7464. Email the show. Send it to money at mpbonline.org. So we're talking about financial goals. We've identified our short and medium and long-term goals. Um, uh, And I guess the other thing now is, and I think, Ryder, you mentioned this earlier, uh, different investment vehicles maybe for short-term versus the long-term goals. So uh, what are some, uh, let's start with the short-term goals. What would you think some common ways to save uh, would be for those short-term goals? Um, just uh, stick it in a bank account. Short-term goals, we're talking about things where, again, you're going to need that money. You're going to need that cash. You're going to need to spend it within um, one, two, three years. Um, that's not money that you want to subject to uh, stock market risk because uh, in one year, two years, three years, stock market could go anywhere. And, I, and I'm not, and I'm not, you know, even no matter how positive I am, I'm not going to say, okay, you need exactly $1,000 to pay for this important thing, you know, absolutely. Yeah. Put that in the stock market. I can do those calculations. You know, maybe it'll work, but, um, just the risk is you don't want to take that when, when it's a kind of a non-negotiable, you know, when Nancy's air conditioning went out, she didn't want to have to look at the, her stock market statement and say, can I afford this? No, she wanted the cash so she could get it. I was and, sweating. And just, you know, you, you just, you just want to eliminate that risk. So cash bank account, high yield savings. Um, you know, you can look at good money market accounts. We're seeing mm-hmm. some that are paying 2% now, but if interest rates are dropped, and we expect them to drop, expect those rates to go even lower. Um, you can use CDs, but those CDs need to have uh, shorter maturities that match right. the time when you expect that you're going to be needing to make that purchase. Exactly. And as Ryder mentioned, risk, obviously, how much your toleration, tolerance, that is, of risk is an important factor uh, mm-hmm. to think about when you're investing. Uh, and I guess for the longer term goals, can you afford to be a little bit more conservative? Uh, aggressive. You can afford to be more aggressive. Okay. The longer term. Um, so in, speaking of risk tolerance, um, unique New York, unique New York, um, tongue twisters. Uh, speaking of risk tolerance, it's not just the investor or the person that can tolerate it. It's the, the goal as well. Um, so, you know, if I say I'm saving up for a new car and I have my eyes on a car and it costs, you know, $15,000, um, that price, you know, th- I'm not going to go to the dealership and be like, hey, you know, my stock investments didn't do so well. Will you take eight? Um, that might be a negotiating strategy. They might knock a little bit off. But again, that goal, if I need to buy a car and it's going to cost me a certain amount, that goal has no risk. To- it has no tolerance for, for having less money. And likewise, I'm not going to get like rewarded on that goal for having more money. It's not like, oh, congratulations, you will like your car even more because you overpaid for it. That's that's just and, not and how it's going to work. there are some goals that um, you know can't be adjusted. I, right. 
I need a new car because my car is broken down and I've got to get to work. Or the roof is leaking. If it's something like we wanted to take a trip, but now conditions have changed, yeah. you can put off those things. But some goals cannot be put off. Yeah, with with those longer longer term goals, you know, again, putting them off, you know, uh, just adjusting your expectations, saying, okay, you know, even when people, you know, approach retirement, when when you when you start working and you start saving for retirement say you're 25 30 you know it's a long way off you're not go, you're not trying to save a specific dollar amount you're just trying to put aside money to get there you know you get closer you know you're in your 40s your 50s maybe you start looking at okay like what's feasible uh what do i want and what is realistic for me to hit um and then you kind of look at you know a year out you know am i there do i have those dollars uh can i go ahead and stop working today should i work work another six months to a year? Uh, do I need to just um, make some moves now that are going to change the way my retirement costs, change what my retirement costs, change, change my expenses in retirement? So um, those sort of uh, goals, they have they have more tolerance for um, for change. They have more tolerance for, and, and that allows you to take more risk um, with those goals. Right. So I can see that my statement was entirely backwards and so on. Right, those right, long-term yeah. goals, because you have the time, Exactly. You can be more aggressive. Exactly. All right. Before our next break, let's get another phone call in. Amy's called in from Starkville. Good morning, Amy. Go ahead, please. Good morning. I'm calling about my husband and his. He wants to take early Social Security, and he's been retired four years from the state system with PERS, mm-hmm. and so he wants to um, go ahead next year and do his Social Security, and everything that I heard and read about says that that's not a good idea. And I, I wanted to, we have some, um, he has a Roth IRA and some other um, retirement funds available, so I was just wanting to see what you had to say about that. Well, um, first of all, Amy, how old are you? I am 58. 58, okay. So you won't be drawing for a while regardless. That's right. And will you be drawing on your own, or do you expect to draw on his? On my own. Okay. Um, Well, the big question when we're looking at whether to take Social Security early or to delay it is, can you afford to delay it? And for some people, they don't have the option. You guys have the advantage of a pension. You have PERS. And so that gives you that stable foundation of guaranteed income. And you should be able to look then at other accounts to maybe supplement or fill the gap so that you can delay it. We would love for you to delay at least until his full retirement age, which is going to be between 66 and 67 years old. I think he, he, he's born in 58, so he's a little uh, earlier than me. Okay, yeah, right. Right. Yours is 67, is your yeah. full retirement age. Um, and But he doesn't have to delay the full amount. He can just look at it every year. Can we still make it another year? And every year you make it, that... Um, benefit compounds 8%. And it will compound 8% all the way up until age 70. That is huge, and that's guaranteed. You cannot get that in the stock market. And so that's the reason we try to encourage people to delay it as long as possible. About half the folks we know take it at 62. That's leaving a lot of money on the table. And once you do that at an early point, you're locking in your lower benefit forever. 
Okay, um, so can you go in and say, okay, if I do it next year, this is what I'll get. If I delay it a year, this is mm-hmm. what my payout will be, and so forth. Yes, yes. What the difference is. Yeah, so if you have a, uh, if you have not already signed up for a, uh, my Social Security account, I would highly recommend that. You get lots of information there. Um, I don't believe they mail out paper statements anymore, but you can check your statement there. Um, and it will tell you, you know, what will the benefit be if you start drawing basically now? Um, what will it be if you wait at various time periods? But they also offer calculators saying, okay, well, this is my benefit now. If I wait, you know, a year and a half, what's it going to be? And so you can really see, especially up until that full retirement age, um, what that growth would be. And the other but thing... do you get a cost of living increase? Well, that's the other thing I was yeah. going to mention is your cost of living, um, again, is going to be based on that amount you're drawing now. So the bigger the amount that you're drawing, even though the percentages are the same, the dollar amount between the early retirement and the later retirement starts to grow as you age. Yeah. So you, you've got three great parts of your retirement plan there. You've uh, he's got, you know, PERS, uh, which has a great uh, cost of living increase. Um, he's got the Social Security, what, you know, in the future. And you've got other savings. And I think, you know, for there's there's a lot of different factors that go into figuring, saying, you know, should you take it early or not? But I think, as Nancy said, having the ability to to spin down some of your other resources to let that grow uh, that's that's good and valuable. Um, a lot of times I look at, you know, how much other assets do you have? If those other assets are just, you know, you have a ton of money and it's going to be, and that can give you way more than Social Security will ever give you, uh, then yeah, you know, maybe Social Security isn't as important. But for most people, Social Security is going to be a pretty important part of their retirement spending. So I would kind of look at look at it that way. You know, what sort of, how much money do you really need and how much, how big of a role is Social Security going to play in that? And the more okay. important Social Security is going to be to you, the more important it's going to be to delay it. Um, the other thing is there's a psychological part of this that I hear from people all the time. They'll say, oh, but what if I get hit by a truck tomorrow? Well, I, I can't guess that one. <laughs> but I, I can look at the odds and the probability, if you've made it to 60, that you're going to make it till 70 or beyond are pretty, pretty high. Good. And so that would be the reason to play those odds. Okay. All right. Well, thank you for your help. I appreciate it. Good luck. All right, Amy. And just a reminder, if uh, when you and your husband uh, begin to have those discussions and you want to refer back to this broadcast, you'll be able to find it at mpbonline.org. Just look for the Money Talks page, and you can review the information that we gave you about that. Time for another break. Uh, We are talking about setting financial goals this hour. And if you've been a successful goal setter and would like to share your story with us, you can call. Or if you have a personal finance question that Nancy and Ryder can help with, the number is one eight seven. MPB Ring. Our phone number is 1-877-672-7464. You can send an email to money at mpbonline.org. We'll be back with more of the show after this.
You're listening to Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. Welcome back to Money Talks. Kevin Farrell here with Dr. Nancy Lotridge-Anderson, President of New Perspectives, and Ryder Taft, Portfolio Manager at New Perspectives. They are both chartered financial analysts. Ryder also holds the Certificate in Investment Performance Measurement from the CFA Institute. We're talking about setting financial goals this morning. In addition to looking for some personal finance questions, got a couple of really good questions, uh, but still time for you to get your question answered if you would like. Call us at one eight seven seven mpb ring Our phone number is one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. You can email the show. Send it to money at mpbonline.org. So we've talked a little bit about short-term goals and long-term goals. Let's maybe talk about the medium-term goals. Here we're thinking, what, maybe three to ten years? Yes. Right. Like, you know, uh, we're going to buy a house. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's not a long way away. It's not super ambiguous like, I'm going to retire someday. Um, but it's also not like, well, I've got a, I've, I've looked up a quote online and, and I can run my card at any moment now. All right. And uh, what might be some uh, ideal uh, places to, to store that money on these medium-term goals? Well, I think you need a more balanced approach. And, and Ryder mentioned a combination of stocks and bonds. Um, you're not going to be as conservative as you would with a short-term goal where you're just parked in a money market or a mm-hmm. savings account. Um, but you're also not going to be as aggressive as, as we talked about with retirement where you're going to be heavier in the stock market. So it's going to be just in between. And and this is where, you know, we have, you know, we talk about them all the time. We have traditional IRAs, 401ks, Roth IRAs, which are specifically designed for retirement savings. And those are, you know, maybe it's with your employer. Maybe you're just putting money in every year. But that, you know, those are accounts which, you know, you can't even tap until you're uh, 60. Uh, so, those are designed for you to wait a long time. Those are designed for you to save for long-term goals. But, you know, if you have extra money and you have, you know, your emergency savings, your kind of short-term goals, they look like they're taken care of, you know, and you still have extra money, you're still saving money every month, uh, no matter how much it is, it could be 50 bucks, it could be 500 bucks a month. Um, you know, you can start putting that into just a regular brokerage account. And and that, again, you know, these medium-term goals, you know, you can kind of push them around a little. You can, you can you know, make them bigger or smaller just depending on what you can afford. But having some sort of, you know, moderately balanced investment account uh, that's just easily accessible is is the sort of thing that you might might draw out of for a medium term goal. You know, it's like, I know I want to, you know, I'm going to take the trip of a lifetime in, in a number of years. But, you know, that's just something, you know, you'll save up and save up and save up for it. And then, you know, kind of when the stars align and you get the work, you know, the time off your work and this, that and the other and the money's there, that's when you can do it. It's, it's not a, it's not a, it needs to be in 18 months and it's going to cost me exactly this much. All right. We have another caller on the line. So let's say good morning to Jeff, who is in Byram. Good morning, Jeff. Go ahead. Hey, guys. Uh, I always feel woefully unprepared when I listen to your show. Oh, bless you. (laughs) But I have a a quick two-part question. Um, Doing a little research, uh, I wanted to know what I could reasonably expect in our area to pay for the services of a certified financial planner. 
And then the, the part B to that question is, if I could only afford one or two hours, what would be the best way of preparing for that, that session? Well, the first thing, we would really encourage you to look for a fee-only advisor. Um, okay. And, of course, that's what's, what we are, and we're, we're biased in that direction. Um, and then that takes out the, some of the conflict of interest that comes when someone is recommending commission products to you. Gotcha. And how much they're going to charge you that can vary you know we're seeing anywhere from 150 an hour to maybe up to 350 an hour depending mm-hmm. on uh, that person's credentials and how long they've mm-hmm. been in the business if you can only afford one or two hours and we have this all the time we have somebody who says look I can only buy one hour of your time then what we need for them to do on the front end is to gather all of their statements mm-hmm. to sit down and think about these goals to write them down to write down questions on the front end so that we make the most use of our time. Now, some people, if you go to um, a financial planner or an advisor, they want to produce a written plan. That's going to take more time. It's going to cost more money. So you can say to somebody on the front end, look, I just want to sit down with you an hour for an hour. I want to pick your brain. You give me some directions, and then I'm going to do all the legwork. So you can handle it that way. Gotcha, gotcha. And, that, that. Oh, yeah, right. I want to I give you a little kind of <laughs> word of warning, a bit of advice, I don't know, something here, um, about free advice. Uh, just about anybody in this industry will offer you some sort of free advice. If you called us up and said, hey, I'm you know interested in your service, but I just want to sit down and kind of get to know y'all, see if y'all would be a good fit, we would be happy to do that. Um, you know, Where we start charging folks is if we are giving you specific advice for your specific situation. But we can talk in general and say, you know, hey, saving is important. Oh, hey, you know, short-term goals, put those in cash. You're not going to get a whole lot more out of that than you will listening to us or calling into the radio. I mean, this is the sort of, that's what we would offer. But, you know, a lot of advisors uh, will offer free advice. So you have to be careful, you know, why they're giving you that advice or, um, or, or, or what they're trying to offer you. You know, if they're trying to sell you an annuity or insurance product, you know, that's what they're going to kind of tailor their advice and kind of push you in that direction. Um, You know, us, since we do fee-only financial planning and investment management, then we're always going to be looking for that angle of, you know, how can we help you build your assets so that you have money for us to manage on down the line, even if that's not, you know, an immediate thing. Um, So so when you do, if you you will get offered free advice when you talk to folks. And understand, you know, it's not cheap to hire somebody uh, with these credentials to help you, but I think it is well worth your time and money. Um, we have a lot of folks that the folks that I've worked with through the years who will just come through. Maybe it's once a year. Uh, they'll say, I'm, I'm ready for my checkup um, just to see if they're on track. Mm-hmm. And that's really what this is all about when it comes to developing goals is just to have a plan and to mm-hmm. stick with the plan and have somebody who holds you accountable and gives you tips on how to get where you want to go. Yeah, And I, and I will say um, paying for advice is often a lot less expensive than uh, taking, oh, free, taking free advice. <laughs> I'm just going to throw that one out there. Well, I, I will I will take it, and, and as a result of y'all giving me those answers, I've got a part C. Uh, um, is there a best time of the year, like when Nancy was saying that you have, um, she has people come in once a year for like a checkup. 
uh, if you're going to take that approach, is there a better time of the year, like at the beginning of the year or midway or, you know, or, or it doesn't really matter? Well, um, I, I think probably uh, from your side of it, it's at the beginning of the year, because okay. at the beginning of the year, you know, we, we think in terms or most things are in terms of a calendar year. So now we can talk about increasing what you're putting in your employer plans. Um, you've already gathered all of your information for taxes, so that's all available. Now, on our end, we're busier at that time of the year. So um, it's easier for us, probably be- between Thanksgiving and Christmas, because everybody else is saying, don't bother me, I'm worrying about Christmas. You know, I've got to get that last minute present. But um, you're going to have all of your inter- information already gathered for tax preparation. Uh-huh. You're already thinking in those terms, and and you can then go ahead and do something in January that will help you throughout the 12 months. Yeah, I was going to say something kind of when you have tax information, even if it's just after tax season, um, mm-hmm. so you have a clear idea of what you made, you have a clear expectation of what you're going to be doing um, going forward, and you can, you know, if not, you know, go ahead and make retirement contributions, uh, you can you can set that plan in place. Um, but really, you know, it's whatever schedule, you know, what, what works with your financial life. Um, that's, you know, that's going to be your main priority, I guess. Gotcha. Thank you guys so much. I, I really appreciate it. It was very helpful. Thanks. Absolutely. All right, Jeff, thanks for your call. Oh, we need to take another break, but a quick story here. And this is a, a shout out to a, a airline that I, that I had good customer service with. It was Delta went on a trip recently. They broke my bag. Uh, the, it was a, a, a strap on my backpack. Was it the one you're not supposed to eat? <laughs> Fortunately not. Did uh, someone eat it? No. Uh, but anyway, uh, I, I sent in a complaint. My strap got broken. They first, the email, they said, send us the this information that I didn't have, so I said, I don't have this information. Thanks for helping out. They sent back something, uh, and then, uh, anyway, the final thing, they wanted the receipt for the bag. It was several years old. I said, I still don't have that. I said, but if you'll give me $25 towards the replacement of this bag, I would be happy. They emailed me back and said, your $25 check will be in the mail in the next two weeks, which I got the other day. So, yeah. Yeah. So, shout out to Delta. And also, don't be afraid to ask for some. I I think they were sort of waiting for me to say, well, what exactly do you want? So, don't don't be afraid to ask uh, when you need uh, when you're dealing with companies like that. Okay, one final break. We'll be back to wrap up the show. We're talking about financial goals this hour. You're listening to Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. Welcome back to Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. Kevin Farrell here with Dr. Nancy Lotter-Janderson, President of New Perspectives and Ryder Taft, Portfolio Manager at New Perspectives. We're talking today about setting financial goals, and also we still have time if you have a personal finance question. If you'd like to call us, the number is 1-877-MPB-RING. It's 1-877-672-7464. So we've talked about short-term goals and medium-term goals. We'll talk a little bit more about long-term goals in just a minute, but one thing I wanted to ask about, too, is um, when you're setting financial goals, it's not one of these where you have a meeting with your family, you get them all set, and then you think, okay, well, great, we don't ever have to think about that again. So, No, I think once a year to really have a conversation about mm-hmm. that and okay. see, yeah. do you still have the same goals? And, of course, what happens is, <laughs> did, oh, did we replace that roof? Yeah. I don't know what, what, <laughs> yeah, and who was supposed to make that phone call? But, you know, you, you started out, we've got a toddler, we're, we're saving for this toddler's college education and now we have a 16 year old 
now this is no longer a long-term well, that goal. That was a long year, Nancy. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's you know a a short-term goal now. We have to get ready for this. So that timeline changes as you age. Absolutely. And also, I guess, too, uh, like we talked about with the midterm goals, that as you get closer to that goal, you maybe might want to shift to something that is a little bit more conservative yeah, to, absolutely. to safeguard you, what you've saved. You convert those mm-hmm. uh, investments to, you know, more the the savings account, money market account. Yeah. You know, if you've been setting aside money for the you know last several years, you know, you, I'm getting ready to move out of my apartment. I want to buy a home. You know, as you get closer, you know, to that goal, you know, once you see, okay, I'm going to buy a home within the next year, you need to, you need to move that to somewhere safe, secure that again, you know, if it's five or 10 years out, like, you know, it's ambiguous. And, and well, and the other thing is, uh, and I run into this with folks, they think, okay, now it, it's a short term goal. I'm going to do this within a year, but, oh, but, but look, the market's doing so well. I'm just going to leave it there until the last minute. No, yeah. no, you better get it over to the sideline because we're yeah. not sure what the market's going to do in the short term. Yeah. And one once you move it over, you just don't need to look back and worry about what, what you've missed out on because you've got this you've got to take care of. And that goes back to, you know, not your risk tolerance matters, yes, but, you know, if just because you're loving your market returns doesn't mean your goal has the same risk tolerance as you. And again, if it's short term, your goal does not have risk tolerance. Uh, one thing that we talk about quite frequently that I noticed here on the notes about uh, long-term goals, and that is well-diversified. How important is it to have your investments be diversified when you're talking about these longer-term goals? Very. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was actually just looking at a, a slide from an investment conference going on right now, and it was talking about just if you pick, you know, a stock. Uh, everyone, you know, everyone always gets real excited. Oh, you know, if I could buy the next Amazon, oh, I Amazon's it, doing great. Let me just yeah. let me just put all my money in that, or you know, I'm going to find the next stock. And and yeah, absolutely, yeah, you could buy the next Amazon, and you could turn your thousand dollars into a million dollars in ten years. And my gosh, you could retire and sit pretty and you know good for you but here's here's what's more likely to happen something like 60 percent of stocks or about two-thirds of stocks will underperform the average so again just picking that stock out even if you pick reasonably well pretty good odds that you just don't even do as good as, as just buying a buying a broad diversified index fund um, of those you know over a 10-year period uh, something like 10 or 20 percent of those will disappear you, you just you'll lose everything um, so, so diversification, super important because you don't want to put all your eggs in one, even, even just, even, a, even a, just a handful of stocks, even, you know, they could be really good. I mean, high flyers of the past are, are, you know, not so high flying now. I mean, think of something like GE, you know, used to be, you know, the, one of the largest companies, everyone, you know, everyone invested in, everyone had it, but now it's. I don't know. I'm not really sure where it's at, but it's they haven't had a lot of good news lately. Uh, and I guess when we talk about diversity, would the the mutual fund is that usually the best way to go when you want to diversify? Well, uh, a pooled fund, which would be a yeah. collection of stocks, if the pool is well diversified. So that could be what we call a mutual fund, which is actually an opened in mutual fund, or we're using a lot of exchange traded funds, mm-hmm. ETFs. Both of those would qualify. 
Uh, and as we've talked about before, too, the the mutual fund market here, you can look for one specifically that fit your particular situation. Um, you're beginning saving for retirement, an older person trying to catch up, those sorts of things. Right. It's mm-hmm. just a, a portfolio, and you need to peek in there to see um, the things that they own. Does that fit my goal set? And then the next thing is, how much does it cost to be in there? Because right. that's the big one. And so you want to look for low-cost alternatives of the type of holdings that will match your goals. All right. Just about 30 seconds left. I want from each of you maybe one word, one idea, one thing to think about when it comes to financial goals. I think you just need to think about it and write them down. That was more than one word. I'm <laughs> okay. I'm just going to throw that out there. Mine is going to be a lot more than one word, too. Um, and and, and it's, it's your it's, first think about your values and what you want out of your life and what you want out of your money. Um, and that's going to naturally lead to, you know, what are what are my important goals? All right. Very good. Just a reminder that uh, our email address works when we're on the show, MP, uh, uh, money at mpbonline.org. But also during the week, if you think of a question that you have that Nancy and Ryder can help with, go ahead and email us that and we can talk about it on the program. Money Talks is a production of MPB Think Radio, funded in part by generous financial support from you, our listeners. And again, a big thanks to folks who contributed last week during our fund drive. To hear today's show or previous show, one way to find it is to go to mpbonline.org slash Money Talks. Or listen to the podcast. Just search for Money Talks on your favorite podcasting app. Our show is produced by Liz Gill, and our call screener today was our volunteer, Janet. So for Dr. Nancy Lotridge-Anderson and Ryder Taft, I'm Kevin Farrell. Stay tuned up next at 10. It's in legal terms. And we'll be back next Tuesday at 9 for another Money Talks, heard only on MPB Think Radio. Support for MPB comes from Trustmark, a financial partner for businesses throughout the South for 130 years. Trustmark offers a range of products and services designed to help small businesses efficiently manage finances. More info at Trustmark.com, member FDIC. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. 